And my goal is to be done by noon of tomorrow. Some people heard me. Or some don't mind. Ephesians chapter 5. Hey, Shannon, are those videos okay? Everything, as far as you know, good? Okay. All right. How's everyone doing today? And that's a generic question. I just feel excited. I don't know what, just the baptism stuff just did something to me. That's pretty cool stuff, isn't it? All right, so those of you out there who are holding out on being baptized, it's time to get with it. All right? Um, how we arrange baptisms typically is if someone approaches me and, and says they would like to be baptized, then, um, then we take that and we set a date. And then that's when we say, hey, if anyone wants to be baptized, we have this date, and then we um, do it that way. So... If you were challenged, encouraged by the Lord, convicted that you need to follow through in obedience and be baptized, go ahead and talk to me about that, and we'll set a we'll set a another future date. It'll be uh, it won't be next week, but it'll be in the near future. Okay, so talk to me about that, or send me an email or text or whatever. But make sure you put your name on it. Anyway, just kidding. Um, all right, turn to Ephesians chapter five. <clears throat> I guess I'm just really excited about what the Lord's doing. Anybody else excited? And just a, and and I guess what I mean by excitement is not just a, a feeling of giddiness and woohoo. I mean, although that's cool too, I like that. But just an anticipation, anticipation of um, the Lord's doing His thing, and He's going to continue to build His kingdom and have His way, and He'll be glorified. But the cool thing is, is he's inviting us to be a part of that. So we get to partner with him and see cool things happen on the earth. And I don't know about you, but I want all of that. I want to be right in the middle of what he's doing, what he has for me. And I don't want anything to hinder me or stop me or sidetrack me from uh, participating. And so I want to talk about something again today. Um, I've been talking about it already, but I feel like the Holy Spirit says keep talking about it because this is so important. The title of this message is, What's the Big Deal About P&W? And it's not peanut butter and whannays or anything. It's praise and worship. What's the big deal about praise and worship? What's the big deal? You know, we make such a big deal out of it. And I'm going to talk about it again today. It's not going to be that long. I'm going to, my goal is to stop by noon. But I want to talk about it because it's so important. This is a very important um, topic. And not for the sake of just information but the lord wants us to participate in this and the more you engage and participate in this i believe the more your life's going to change you know we talk about lining ourselves up with the lord aligning ourselves with him so that we can walk in his will we can accomplish what he has for us this is one strategic and key way to line ourselves up with him is engaging in praise and worship amen well let's pray together Father, we just surrender our hearts to you, our souls, our mind, and we ask that you would speak to us this morning. We thank you, Father, for those who are baptized. We thank you for what you're doing in their lives and going to do in their lives. And Father, we just thank you for what you're doing in this this church, this community, in our families. 
We're so excited, Father, that we get to be a part of what you're doing. And so I pray that we'll open our hearts and submit to you through the act of obedience to your word. That we wouldn't just be hearers of the word who deceive themselves, but doers who are blessed. And so, Father, burn us in our hearts, O oh God. Give us revelation, conviction. And we know, Father, that you're going to give us grace to run in this vein of honoring and blessing and praising you. And we just thank you for this morning, and we honor you in Jesus' name. Amen. Okay, I'm going to read the verse that I've been reading. It's Ephesians chapter 5, starting with verse 15. It says, See then that you walk carefully, not as fools, but as wise, redeeming the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is. So he's saying, don't walk as fools, but walk as wise. Understand what the will of the Lord is. He's not going to tell us to do something if he doesn't give us the ability to do that. So when people say, I want to know what God's will is, I want to know what God's will is. God wants you to know his will more than you want to know his will. So when you say, I want to know God's will, I want to know God's will, but I can't find it, I can't find it. That's not because God's hiding it from you. He wants you to line yourselves up in such a way so that when he reveals his will to you, your heart is ready to receive it and run with it. Does that make sense? Do you realize, you know, if the Lord would have shown me, when I got saved back in 1985, January 16th, when I got saved, if the Lord would have showed me what he showed me then, what he's having me do now, I would have said, no way, Jose, I don't think so. It would have freaked me out, scared me, and I would have rejected it because I wasn't ready. He hadn't done the work in me to prepare me for what he's having me do now. Does that make sense? And so for God to show us future events of what he wants to do, sometimes he'll give us a glimpse through a prophetic word, through a dream, through visions, impressions. He'll give us a glimpse to encourage us. But if he shows us too much of what he has for us, it can scare us and we can run in the opposite direction. Like Jonah. It's like, I don't think so. I'm going over here. Remember, he ran away. And so God wants us to know his will. But we must line ourselves up in such a way so that we can embrace it when he reveals it to us. And we submit to the process that prepares us to receive and walk in his will. You with me so far? All right. So 17, therefore, do not be unwise, but understand what the will of the Lord is and do not be drunk with wine, which is dissipation, but be filled with the spirit. Speaking to one another in psalms, hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody in your hearts to the Lord, giving thanks always for all things to God, the father in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, submitting to one another in the fear of God. I believe a big part, a big key in lining ourselves up and being able to move into the will of God is Right here, what he talks about, praising and worship, singing and making melody in your hearts to one another, to the Lord, worshiping him. But before that, he said, be filled with the spirit, be filled with the spirit, singing, making melody, have a grateful heart, saying, expressing thankfulness. Now, if you've been in a church for any amount of time, then you've heard probably lots of sermons on praise and worship. Why we should worship, why we should worship, all the scriptures on that. You read Psalms, there's a bunch. Praise the Lord, worship Him, all that kind of thing. And I'm not going to go into all that today. But I just want to share a few reasons or benefits maybe from praising and worshiping Him. Does anybody remember the assignment that I gave last week? Anybody remember that? Anybody participate in that? Or at least give it an effort. <clears throat> okay. Well, good. That's awesome. 
So the number one thing, when I engage in praise and worship, it gives me the opportunity to get my eyes off of me and my problems and on the one who it's all about. When I participate in praise and worship, I realize and I'm reminded it's not about me, but it's about him. And see, right there is a huge, if we can get past that fact right there, we'll be on our way. And we realize it's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. It's not about me. And what can happen, though, because of life, the way, you know, life hits us, pressures, challenges, trials, all that kind of stuff. We get so focused on what I'm going through, what I'm not getting, what I'm getting, how I'm being cheated and offended and all this kind of stuff. I'm so focused on me then our lives can just spiral down and we're no good to anybody. We're just a grump. We're grumbling, complaining, crying, whining, fussing and all that kind of stuff. And we're not even, we don't even care about God's will if we're so wrapped up in our stuff. Now, that doesn't mean that our stuff is not important. God cares about our stuff. He cares about the stuff we're going through, the challenges, the hurts, the, the pain, the abuse. All He cares about it. But if we want him to help us and fix us and, and deal with us and deliver us, then we have to engage in a way that he's ordained for us to be delivered. You're not going to be delivered if you're sitting there walling in self-pity, feeling sorry for yourself. You're not going to experience victory that way. The Bible doesn't say that. It doesn't say, feel sorry for yourself, wallow in self-pity, and I'll be right there to deliver you. And we know that scripture teaches us, it gives us keys about exalting the Lord, looking to him. And so the number one benefit of, of praise and worship is to remind us that it's not about me, but it's about him. And we play that first video. I know some of you are saying, where can I get that record? <laughs> but you know, when we don't, when we have the opportunity to worship him, and we don't because we don't feel like it or because we're tired or because whatever. I mean, this is about as ridiculous as that. Isn't that ridiculous? Because isn't he worth it? I mean, even when we don't feel like it, isn't he worth it? Amen. So, so the number one reason or not the number one reason, but a good reason is to help us to remember that it's all about him. Amen. All right. Number two. You train yourself to praise and honor him regardless of the trials and difficulties you face and are dealing with. In other words, we do have challenges. And some of us have, we could say, more challenges than others. You've come from a, a horrendous experience or background or, or whatever the case is. And it's not that the Lord is telling us to ignore that. But he wants to learn. He wants us to learn to not make that situation an idol. And we'll make it an idol by putting it before God. If we're so focused on that and, and we're and we pull people into it, we begin to, it's like we begin to worship this situation by bringing others to to build to bring homage to it. You know, we tell them how bad it is. Look how look how rough I had it. Look how. And so we're getting people to come and worship this this thing. I know I'm being facetious, but it, it's to make a point that we don't get further ahead. We don't move forward into what God has for us is because we get ourselves stuck in this situation. And God has a way for us to get out of it. Do you think that he cares about you? Do you think he cares about your situation? Do you think he cares about your abuse and, and the heartaches and the, the lack of finances or the lack of whatever? Do you think he cares about that? Well, yeah, he does. 
The matter of fact, the Bible in first Peter chapter five, verse uh, seven or eight or something like that says to cast all your cares upon him because he cares for you. He says they cast them upon him. In other words, whatever that situation is, by an act of faith, you say, God, I'm, I'm really hurting with this and, and I give it to you. He says, good, because see, his shoulders can handle it. And so he wants you to give it to him and then he wants to put his arm around you and then walk with you through that situation. And you know how you hear people say these pet phrases like, give it to God, you know, just give it to the Lord. And they mean well in that, but it's like, how do you do that? Okay, God, I give it to you. A practical way, I believe, is engaging in praise and worship. When your heart is broken, when you're discouraged, frustrated, just messed up, you either pop in a worship CD or recall some of the songs that you know, and you just begin to sing those songs to him. That's how you give it to God. You're not ignoring the problem. You're not denying its existence, but you're putting it in its right perspective. So even when things are rough, when your prayers aren't answered the way you thought they should be, that with the speed that you were hoping they would be, and you still say, you know, God, I don't understand, but I still exalt you. I still worship you. You are the king of kings. You are so worthy of all praise. I love and honor you. Even though the enemy's trying to beat your head in, you're still exalting and worshiping him. I want to share a few video clips of um, some of the worship leaders from Bethel who put together CD. You know, they're responsible for the Jesus culture music and the worship out at Bethel in Redding, California. And... Um, I felt gypped when I first got this DVD because I was excited. It's the newer one. And they also had a DVD with it. And the other DVDs had, uh, there was, it was a DVD of worship. So you can watch them worship and, you know, and enter into worship while watching the DVD. So I popped this one in and I was discouraged to find that it was a bunch of interviews, a bunch of people talking. So I forget the talk, man. I want to see some singing and all that kind of stuff. So I was pretty bummed. So I just kind of took the DVD out and put it aside. Well, one of my sons got a hold of it. And he was like, oh, my goodness, this is awesome. And he was freaking out and wanting to finish and all that kind of stuff. Then my wife got a hold of it. She's like, have you seen that DVD? This is awesome. I'm like, no, I haven't seen it. So she's texting me saying, you need to watch the DVD and you need to tell Todd to watch the DVD. So I ain't watching no DVD. I ain't telling Todd to watch no DVD either. Leave me alone. Well, then that night, I watched the DVD. And I was like, oh, my goodness. And those of you who are familiar with Bethel or the Jesus culture people that the worship when I, after watching, and I've seen about 90% of it, I still haven't seen all of it yet, but about 90% of it. And after watching and listening to these people share and expose and reveal their hearts and what God has brought them through, my appreciation for them and their music, just their songs just went off the charts. And all this week, I could not stop playing that, that CD over and over. I just kept playing that CD because every time I would hear the song, one of the songs, I would remember the testimony of the lady or the young man who uh, shared about how the song came to being. And it's like, oh my, and we're talking about deep stuff. Awesome stuff. And I just want to remind you, a little commercial, that we have some, deep, some CDs and DVDs, Jesus Culture Music, Bethel Music, that we bought for worship. It's, you know, and it's at a reduced price. It's only $10. If you buy it yourself, you're going to pay $14 to $17 to $20. We're selling it for $10 just to get it in your hands. 
And I do have one of those left, but I ordered some more little clips that you're about to see. I ordered some more. So if you want this particular one, um, you'll be able to, these will be available too. But I want to go and show that first clip of this young lady. Okay. But even though she's experiencing this real situation, she's one of the worship leaders at Bethel. And she said a week later she came back and had to lead worship. But yet how she pushed through it and continued just to love on God. I mean, did you catch that? And that's what we need to do. We need to learn to do that. And, and we don't want to wait until we get into a bad situation to learn to begin to do that. That's why it's important to praise God and worship him every day. To love on him and to honor him and, and express your faith and love towards him. So that when you encounter a hard situation, when it comes and hits you right in the teeth. Then your knee-jerk reaction is to begin to worship Him. It's to begin to worship Him. And we keep hearing, we don't know what's coming down the pike here in America. I mean, you're hearing all these prophetic words and all this kind of stuff, and it doesn't sound too good. I mean, it doesn't sound like, woo, we're going to have a good time. Now, the one encouraging thing is, is God's kingdom will be established, and we are going to win. But what we have to go through to get to that, pro- get through that, we have no idea. It may cost us our lives. It, we may get into some, some horrendous situations, getting put in jail simply because of Christians being persecuted like they are in other parts of the country that we're not even accustomed to. Those kinds of things could happen. And I even suspect that they will happen. But how are we going to make it in that situation and through that situation if it's all about me? If I'm so focused on me, 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 me feeling good, me worrying about my air conditioning or my bills being paid and all that kind of stuff. Now, again, those are important things. I'm not belittling those. But if that's all I think about, then when it really gets bad, we're not going to make it. And we don't want to just go through hardships and survive. Just barely. I'm hanging on till Jesus comes back. You know, we don't want that mentality. We want to be overcomers more than conquerors through Christ so that those who don't have any hope, any faith in God, when they're going through the hardships, we can help them and say, follow me as I follow Jesus Christ. And they look at you and see your example and they see that you're going through the bad circumstances like they are, but they see your faith and and how you're standing strong in the midst of that. That's how you're going to win people for Christ in those situations when they see how you're walking through it. Amen. Number three, second, uh, second Corinthians chapter 10, verse five, verse four, it says for the weapons of our warfare are not carnal or not of, of the flesh, but they are mighty in God for pulling down strongholds, casting down imag- arguments and imaginations and everything that exalts itself against the knowledge of God, bringing every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Why is it important to engage in praise and worship? So that we can learn how to fight. The weapons of our warfare. Do you realize that you are in a war? The moment you get born again, you have been initiated into the army of God. And the enemy is all of a sudden going to directly oppose you. The Bible says we do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against principalities, powers of darkness and wickedness and high places and all that. So we have an enemy who hates us, despises us. So we have, we're in a war, but the Bible says that the weapons of our warfare are not carnal, but they are mighty through God to the pulling down of strongholds. Mighty. These weapons are mighty. 
Which one of the weapons that he's talking about that I believe that God has made available? Praise and worship. Praise and worship. Remember Jehoshaphat. They had three armies coming against him in his kingdom. And the Lord said that I'll fight the battle for you. I got your back. I got you covered. All that paraphrasing. And what they did, instead of putting their skilled warriors out in front, they put the praise and worship team out front. They put the praise and worship team out front. And they began to sing, the Lord is good, his love endures forever, singing and worshiping God. And when they came over the hill, the enemies just began to wipe each other out. You think that's an effective weapon? Very effective. There are times when the Lord said, I will fight the battle for you. And there are times when we are engaged in warfare. And using our natural carnal means is not going to do anything. And so we have to use our spiritual weapons. And I believe one of the big ones, one of the big bazookas is praise and worship. Because what happens, you begin to engage in that, God shows up. He inhabits the praises of his people. And if God shows up, then what's that going to mean for the enemy? It's going to be problems for him. But if you're engaging him in your flesh and all this kind of stuff, then it's like, it's like you're having to deal with it. But the Lord wants to teach us how to fight. You know, we have, there's, there's all kinds of illnesses and challenges and, and, and torments that many Christians are dealing with. You know, emotional challenges, you know, bipolar and, and schizophrenia and all these things that, it, that has escalated. And it's, it's in the church. It's real. But God wants to deliver his people. And one thing I appreciate about this man, this, he, this is uh, Brian Johnson. He's Bill Johnson's son, his oldest son. And he's, I believe, one of the main worship leaders. Because every time I go, I've been only two times, but he's, he's leading worship. And anyway, but what he shares, and you're not going to get all of this from this glimpse, but he shares a very personal um, testimony of how the Lord helped him. Go ahead and show that. Amen. Number four, when we engage in praise and worship, it's a practical and effective way to practice his presence and focus on him throughout the day, regardless of the task at hand. We want to learn to engage him anytime, anywhere, regardless of what's going on. If you're driving to work or, or running errands, begin to praise and worship him. If you're on a treadmill or jogging around, boomer, praise and worship him. If you're washing dishes or you're doing whatever task you're doing, just honor, praise, worship him, practice his presence. Be reminded that he's right there with you. Because unfortunately, too many people, they've got it down that the presence of God is he comes when we together corporately worship him. And they have that one down pretty well. But they forget the fact that he's with you as you walk out the door, as you walk to work, as you're walking at home, as you're at school or wherever you're at. He's right there with you. But we forget that. So we get in trouble. And we forget or we think that God's far away. But as we're reminded, as we engage in worship regularly, let's let it be a, a natural expression, a knee-jerk reaction of everything. It'll change us. It will change us. And the last one. I remember years ago when I was at a, a conference in Enid, Oklahoma, at the church over there. And I believe it was a worship conference. I can't remember now. I think it was. 
And I was fasting and praying about some situation. So when they broke for dinner or for lunch during the middle, I went off and I, and I was just praying. And I was just worshiping and, and, uh, and just enjoying God. And he spoke something to me that just it changed my life. And it made me become a, a worshiper for the rest of my life. And he said, when I was worshiping him, and, and, and I think I was praying for someone to be healed. It was a situation of a lady that I knew who needed healing, so I was praying for her. That's what I was fasting for. But as I was praying, and the Lord said, he said, do you know when you worship me, you bless me? I said, whoa. Because my heart and attitude, I was so grateful and still am for what God has done for me. You know, you just, God, I want to do something for you. Can I, you know, pay you back? Can I return the favor? You know, we're so grateful for salvation. We just want to do something for him. I mean, you know what I mean? You just love him so much and you want to do something for God, like we can do something for him. But he said, when you worship me, you bless me. It's like, are you serious? So it's like when I choose to engage in worship, God takes it personally. It's like. I'm blessing him. And he's like, wow, I'm blessed. Now, I'm not saying that in the sense that God has a need. He needs us to worship him because he has need of being blessed. Please don't misunderstand that. He's all sufficient. He's, he will survive without us. He's, you know what I'm saying? But it's like it's an opportunity and I can't really explain it. But just when he spoke in my heart, when I worship him, I'm blessing him. And the Bible encourages us, instructs us, bless the Lord, O my soul. Bless the Lord at all times. His praise shall continually be in my mouth. And so when we praise and worship him, especially in the dark hour when things are really rough, do you think that God was blessed when Paul and Silas were in jail, beaten and bruised and messed up and they begin to raise their hands and worship him? You think that blessed God? Because he saw what they were going through. He knew what they were going through. He saw their pain, their agony, their suffering. And yet, and see, I don't think. Paul said, hey, Silas, let's raise our hands and begin to pray and if God will set us out of this jail. I don't think that was his mindset. That they're going to do this to get a result of getting set free. I think the mindset was, man, I'm hurting. I'm tired. My back's hurting. But you know what? Let's just worship him. Isn't he so good? He's so good. And they just begin to cry out to God and love on him. And then God was blessed. And we all know the rest of the story. Acts chapter 16, if you don't know it. So when we engage in praise and worship, even if nothing's wrong, if we don't need anything, especially in those situations, we don't need anything. Well, we're always in need, so never mind. But if everything's okay, and when everything's not okay, when it's bad, you say, I love you, I worship you. It blesses God. Stand with me. Now, I got those CDs and DVDs for practical reasons so that if you don't already have any worship or you're looking for new worship music to engage in, it's there for you. If you want to purchase it, just grab, get one or $10 and put the money in an envelope and put it in the offering boxes out there because we don't have a box for that. And just put worship DVD or DVD and ten dollars, whatever. But I just want to encourage you, brothers and sisters, if you're ready to move to the next level, draw clo- drawing closer to Him, aligning yourself up with Him and His plans for you. This is a huge key. Praise and worship, 
And then when we come together, see, imagine if we're all, just, just dream with me here, if we're all doing this throughout the week. We're just engaging in Him, loving on Him, blessing God, being blessed by Him, Him fighting and killing and destroying our enemies, the, the route of the devil, just, and God just destroys all that, and we're just seeing all this stuff and experiencing all this stuff. And then we come together on Sunday, and, they, and the worship band hits that chord, boom, and we're just like, bang. Can you imagine the level and the intensity of God's presence? If we all come and we don't have to get warmed up, so to speak, we don't have to, you know what I mean, how maybe it takes us the third song before we finally get started. Let's pray. Lord, thank you. Thank you. I just want to encourage you right now just to begin to talk to the Lord. And I'm not going to ask you to make any commitments about praise and worship. I'm going to let him deal with you on that right now. In other words, engage with him. And if there's anything stirring up in your heart that the Lord is, is challenging you with or, or drawing you to, just begin to tell him. Say, Lord, I, I want your grace to do this. I want to do this. You know, just begin to talk to him right now. Just begin to talk to him. Man, you are so good, God. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Father, for your word. Thank you, Holy Spirit, that you are our helper. We love you. We honor you. And, Father, I just speak your blessing on everyone here, every family represented. And I just pray, Father, that you would overwhelm everyone here with your love in a practical way. They would be reminded of how much you love them. Just get them, God. Get them in a wonderful way. Bless. Bless your people. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. We have an awesome week. And uh, see you guys next time. Be blessed.